This is Being Single and Happy with Prem Lata, a podcast about nurturing joy in life as a single person. And welcome to our episode called Reconstructing Your Family. Just to jump in here and let you know that after recording the episode, uh, we actually had a little bit of a brainwave on what to call this episode and that name is now going to be redefining family uh, which really resonated with a lot of people uh, when we talked to them so uh, onwards to the episode enjoy it i am very excited that i have my co-anchors with me today again michelle and ahmed great so, to be here hello yeah they're like they're like my you know they're just like my life i mean I, we just talk so often it's, it's it's so wonderful to have you all as our listeners back again and so just to give you a little bit of a of a headline on why we think that restructuring your family is an important concept so in my own world i i grew up uh, within a family back in kigoma tanzania on lake tanganyika I grew up in a family where you essentially when you were born you sort of had your life card written for you meaning you would grow up in the same location you would grow up with the same family you would do the same things meaning going to mosque every morning and evening or every evening the 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 idea of reconstructing your family well, would have been extremely foreign to me even 50 years ago after i came out i realized that i actually really needed people around me who were like me in terms of political identity sexual identity intellectual sort of you know conversations and so i started morphing into this idea of quote unquote a chosen family which is Uh, we call it reconstruction for a reason and i'll get to that in a bit but i really fell in love with the idea that i had the choice in my life to be able to keep in my life the people that i choose versus the people that i think i must be with and so that's a, a huge transformation it takes time and we will get into a lot of details uh, on that in a bit for now with the pending question that i've left unanswered i would like to move it over to michelle all right thanks krim so let's let's get right into it here because a lot of people are fortunate enough to be born into a you know a decent you know a relatively decent nuclear family uh i myself didn't hear the ter- the term chosen family until i was older like when i say older like in my 20s I guess the question would be with chosen family where did you like when did you discover the concept of chosen family because obviously you are close with your family as it is what is chosen family to you for me the chosen family that I have elected in my earlier days I I, I kind of stumbled into that and so they became my chosen family because there were different people from whom i derived different happiness and so it was natural that i had to go for me at least outside of my nuclear or biological family to find that level of comfort the level of validation that was coming out 
you know, different age groups. And so the notion of a chosen family became clear to me when I was uh, between 25 and 30 uh, in, in that time span. But it, it was after I had experienced a world outside my, which I had due to my travel. But it was after I'd experienced what actually resonated and people I wanted to be with versus who's just landed in my backyard. And that's when the whole idea of chosen family really kind of resounded, you know, just resonated with me. So, Karim, with chosen family, then what is your criteria? Like what what separates a person from elevating from being just a friend? or a good friend, or even a best friend to crossing over that threshold into the category of chosen family? Michelle, if you will allow me, I will first of all answer the question I did not answer a little while ago, which is the difference between what I used to call a chosen family and what I now call, and we all call, restructuring our family. So the way I think about it, and I don't want this to sound too Pollyanna or anything like that, but the whole idea of chosen family was people I was comfortable with. And, but I didn't actually give much thought to people I was comfortable with versus people who actually gave me positive energy. And so I started morphing from the idea of taking the best of both worlds, which is what the chosen family is, or maybe there's a third world out there, who knows? But I moved on from that idea to reconstructing your family because I think that is a slightly more intentional effort. And the intention comes from recognizing, and we will cover this in a a later episode, who actually gives you energy, as I said, but who also motivates you, makes you grow, makes you feel like yourself. And you come out from a conversation with that individual feeling nourished, feeling good. And over time, you recognize who those individuals are in our lives. We really do. We really do. All we need to do is just give a little bit of time to who what does my calendar look like? Who am I spending time with? And am I happy? Mm-hmm. And that goes both ways. It's not like I invite people in. These things are organic. They happen. And when they happen, the feeling needs to be mutual. And you will know if it's mutual. So it's not like I have a gate where I let people in. I mean, that would be so awesome, a construct, right? No, it's uh, osmosis. If people come into your life. You have maybe one conversation with maybe 10, but they need to be real. And you will automatically know that they're going to be around for you. So it's not like lining up to get into a VIP club. No, 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 no. It's actually get into Karim's chosen family. It just, it grows. Yeah, yeah. So my definitions are not hierarchical at all. They're just an expression of my life. Right. And and I think that's the big difference in the, things we've been talking about so far, right? We were talking about self-acceptance and nourishing yourself. And this is very much an individual activity that you can do and choose the best things for you. But when it comes to chosen family, you're inviting more people in. And because of that, you know, it 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 is, to your point, Karma, a reciprocal thing. You can't just do it on your own because otherwise it's an unhealthy uh, relationship if you're the only one who's contributing to it. 
and and we will get into that. Michelle, I had a question for you. Uh, early on, you said that you discovered the concept of chosen family quite late in life. What was that realization like for you? And what has been the difference since you've discovered that concept? Well, it's it's funny because I was born into a smaller family, right? Like a, a good family. In case any of them are listening, of course, they're a great family. But honestly, I would define it, Ahmed, as when I realize those people who are there for you when they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Because there have been times in my life, full disclosure, that when I expected it to be a family member, it ended up being someone who I did not share any DNA whatsoever with. And I wasn't at my finest point and was probably going through one of the more challenging points in my life. And people I expected to be there weren't. And then other people were. And then I heard that term and I'm like, okay, I get it. That makes sense. The people who show love in action rather than words, the people who, know you inside out, that see you at your worst, and in question, and they're unquestionably there for you. And that's where I'm like, yeah, is blood really thicker than water? Mm-hmm. In my life, it hasn't always been. So that's my definition. And I, I'm going to put that back to you. What's your definition of chosen family? It's so interesting, as you were saying that and listed out the qualities of, you know, what, how friends or chosen family had been there for you. It happened to me, and I'm sure, I hope it happened to a lot of other people as well. Listen to this podcast that they could think of other people in their lives who are that, right? Like I, I, and the people who popped up for me are people I am sharing the room with right now, and some other friends. And oh. and I think it's um, I have a similar relationship with that as you as well, where you know I had observed, and even in my parents' relationships with their siblings and their friends in the toughest times, who was there, to your point, who was showing love through actions and not through just words. And I think as as we all go through our individual journeys as well, realizing for me that I was queer, what does that mean for my blood family? Who do I need to rely on for that? Essentially, it's, it's a very organic place where you understand what chosen family is, and who is going to be there for you, right? I almost think in some ways, you know, having an identity that's considered a bit marginalized is a blessing in a way because it forces you to get people in your lives eventually that are there for you in a more profound manner rather than something that just felt into your lap, right? Through what you were born into or what your construct, social construct at your at, at your birth was to to Karim's point. Does that answer? <laughs> Totally. It's just, it's so interesting because we're all born into different situations and we've all had different life experience. And I guess, you know, hearing your perspective and Karim, again, like your journey has, you know, has taken you to different, many different continents, many different scenarios. And I guess this, it's fair to ask, would you say your chosen family is local, like a very small group? I know it's not a VIP club. We established that with someone at the, you know, Someone with sunglasses checking ID cards. No, you are not part of the club. But is it fair to say that it's a small group of people, like only a handful, or does it expand across all those continents? Like how vast, how big is your chosen family? So I have been extremely blessed in life. We will will cover at a later point in terms of what it's taken, because it's not easy 
to maintain the relationships. But the simple answer to your question is, in my world travels, through my career, through my geographical travels, I've actually carried that chosen family with me. So I've, I've chosen to reconstruct the family. So even if people are out of town, we're in touch. And I mean, actively in touch because we care. My personal kind of idea of, of this chosen family would probably be a little bit larger than I suspect, uh, you know, a lot of my friends. But it's by intention. And when I say intention, it means I am absolutely willing to invest because sometimes it's not about who you want. It's about where you want to invest your time. And nurture those relationships because they're like anything else. They need time to get nourished, to get blossomed, and to become real, right? I mean, to have an argument or two, to, to fall a little bit, to be vulnerable, but it takes time. Yeah. And so the idea of a larger course, uh, you know, chosen family, is not necessarily anything to bloat about. It's just that that's the choice I have made in my life. And everyone makes their choices because their priorities are different. And it also speaks to the fact, you know, how they say that if you have a romantic partner, you can't depend on them for everything because no one can fully satisfy the other person. It's the same thing with family as well, right? Like the, the more diverse your experiences are and with age, it only grows. I think in some aspects, your chosen family grows because of that as well, right? For example, I have people who I consider my chosen family, who I can talk to more comfortably about my queer identity versus an immigrant identity versus some friends are great. But when, if there's something that I need to talk about my blood family, which is in context of a Muslim culture, they won't fully get it, but I can't blame it for them because that's not their experience. So I have other friends who, who understand that more. There's no right or wrong formula to it as long as you're taking care of your whole self. I'm going to take you to a slightly, just completely building on your point, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but any, any people out there who love DNAs and, you know, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it's like, you know, when you eat foods, there is something called, like, one food will match better with others. Mm -hmm. And the protein in our DNA actually is very careful about which food. And so you can take, you know, like a dal, right? Mm -hmm. And rice and together they will make good protein because they complement each other in terms of the kinds of proteins that we to give you a fuller protein. It's a fabulous, you know, biological kind of, uh, you know, a way of saying exactly what you were saying, which is you will need for a particular piece of you, you will need something else to match it. So Karim, you, you know, just to address something, when Ahmed and I were sharing our perspectives, and we both referred, we said chosen family. However, this episode is called reconstructing your family, right, which um, you touched on, and then we kind of went to that other place. So I guess my question for you would be, where's the hybrid? Like, where, like, how is chosen family derived from the act of reconstructing your family? So, Michelle, excellent question. Uh, you know, what I'll say to you is, for me, it's been a kind of a personal transformation. So, you know, any word you choose is right for you. 
this is not about you know redefining the, <laughs> the, the, the dictionary or anything. This is just my own personal point of view. So uh, we, we used to use chosen family a lot, and and people still kind of intuitively get it because it speaks from the heart. Reconstructing your family is a little bit more from the head, and the reason I was completely fine with this title is because I think we arrive at a point in life where you know the chosen family is very nice, but it's a little bit honeymoony. You know, and and so when when we decide in our lives, and some people may or may not choose to do that, but for me, it was very clear that I had to be kind of a little bit more intentional around who I wanted to be with, and as I said, the energy and the and the nourishment and all of those things. So reconstructing is just being a little bit more self-aware about who you want to be with in your life and who you choose to trust. Whether that is biological family or someone else. Yeah, whoever it is. So at this point, I think in this conversation, we're at a point where we can, we don't even maybe need to say biological or nuclear or blood family or chosen or reconstructed. I think the idea in my mind is very clear. Surround yourself with people who actually cheer you on in life and help you achieve where you want to go to. It's, it, it's so simple versus people who will stop you. And sometimes there are people who will critique you, but that's not stopping you. And you need those people around you who will critique you and be open and transparent and respectful. And for me, that's what a really healthy reconstructed family looks like because it's not a kumbaya. It's about real relationships and real conversations and real journeys together. Somewhere along the line, some people may drop off, some people, so it's like a train. You drop some people off, you pick some people up. It's, it, it's an osmosis. It's, it's nothing like cast in stone. It's just life and it'll continue to redefine itself every day if we are truly aware of who we are with and why we are with them. So Karim, I want to keep this conversation going here. You know, we, we, we talked about how your chosen family has different people. And you also alluded to how chosen family contributes to your life. I think we all did. Is, is there a common denominator when you're looking across your chosen family that you have right now, some common traits that they have that regardless of what background they are or how they contribute to your life, there are, some, there are some intrinsic principles that are there across the family. So you, you touched on a key word, uh, which is principles. And so I'll start off by saying, I don't know if at this point in life, I can say there's a common trait. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very organic. You know, I, I, like you, I don't bookend people. So, you know, talking about traits is a little bit hard because every single individual is different. Mm-hmm. And I accept them at, who they are, meaning, you know, what they present to me. Having said that, there are, you know, in my life, I have sort of noted that there are three things and they could be five, they could be 10. I mean, you're allowed to choose your number, but for me, there are three. And one of them is just pure compatibility, meaning are you able to get along? Do you have things in common, language in common? 
interest in common, you know, whatever it is, but the compatibility thing comes across immediately. There's another element and, and compatibility is around socialization. It's purely socialization. There's another one called chemistry in my mind, which is your gut saying, I really like this person. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry hits off. And you may at that point disagree on a, on a few points, but it will not matter because the chemistry is there. Mm-hmm. And you will understand each other just intuitively. And then the third point would be character. And character is what you referenced, meaning principles. Right. And I have found over time, as I always say, you know, we come into this world alone and we leave this world alone. Right. What we take is our deeds and what we leave is our values. And I find that the values, you call it character, you call it principles, is ultimately for me what sustained a relationship. Because at a deeper level, other than having hobbies like skydiving or whatever, that there is an element that where you connect and the, the, the point of connection for me is character. Oh, that's great. Sorry, I, I got to think about um, someone's hobby being skydiving and I was like, this is an intense hobby to have. Just to humor me a little bit more, maybe, Michelle, and I, what I want to highlight is, I guess, what we all value or, or see differently. Do, do you have any common traits or, I guess, values across your chosen family? I'd say that what's interesting is there, I was just talking with a friend and there's certain people in my life who I've known since I was a teenager, let's say. Mm-hmm. And if we were to meet now, oh my gosh, we have absolutely nothing in common, but we grew up together. And it's like, they know my family members that have passed away, let's say, or, you know, newer friends who I've met only in the last year or even five years that are getting to know me as an adult without any uh, background whatsoever. Now, the thing is, although these people are all very different, there is, in terms of a common denominator, not to mimic Karim here, but it's that same foundation of character. And well, your values, I think, do make up your character, right? And so it's, I have a personal, and we all do, I believe, have a personal moral and ethical code. Right. So there are certain fundamental things, I believe, you know, like for comic relief, my best friend is a Christian minister. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So th- there's, but the thing is, it's like, she's, she's so much more than that. Right. Okay. Even though, you know, the, there was a different belief system in that, re- in, in that regard, it's, it transcends that. So what about you, Ahmed? Like what's, what's your foundational criteria? You know what, um, for me, when I'm meeting people, I'm not very cerebral. So the first thing off the bat is chemistry to Karim's point. Like if it's, if the magic's there, it's there, you can't deny it. Right. I feel like if I look at my past 10 to 12 years, my, there's a lot of twenties in there. And then with a lot of twenties, you are changing every single year as a person, you know, you don't even remember yourself or you know relate to yourself from two years ago, let alone your friends. That's a tall order. If you're able to continue that friendships, that is a because you're um, you know appreciating the diverse perspectives that they offer, right? Because they're you're evolving into something else. They're evolving into something else. At a given point in time, you had similar beliefs, and and I think that's where the chemistry and the connection first started. 
So with that, a lot of those friends have faded out, right? Because if you go on different paths, they fade out. But the ones who stuck around, they have become different people. So it really just then comes down to mutual respect and loyalty. So to me, in a weird way, loyalty is very important. I am friends with a lot of people who now that I have, I think, a firm set, not a firm set, but like a, a bigger awareness of what my belief system is, that they're not the same belief system, or they even have some opinions that are problematic. As we all know, we are all evolving. So at some point in time, we've been wrong. And I do have those friends in my circle because there is not just a, I guess, loyalty towards me, but a loyalty towards learning and making themselves better and listening. And I, that's what I value a lot in, in the conversations or the people I have in my life. Ahmed, that's so beautifully articulated, right? Because you bring it right back down to the basics, the trust, the, the listening, the validation, the growth. And we grow with people together. If a lot of those attributes are there. And that chemistry, that chemistry, it, it's so prevalent and regardless of uh, whether the friend, like it's a friendship or chosen family or even relationship, whatever you want to look at is, I think it comes down to that question. And so Ahmed, when you're talking about loyalty and that sort of thing, I totally hear you. That question of how do I feel when I am with them? Mm-hmm. How do I feel when I'm with this person? Mm-hmm. I think that's your answer right there. Yeah. And and I think maybe it 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 works in my favor and I'm labeling that as loyalty, but in some aspects it's also be more forgiving and then also just accepting them for what it is, right? I guess if you start unpacking this now, we'll list each and every trait because I know yeah. in my mind as I'm talking who I'm thinking about. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you're not putting together an online dating profile. You're no, just I'm talking not. about what you value in people. <laughs> So I want to run another thing past you uh, both, you know, with, with blood family, if your chosen family includes blood family, in some ways, you know, that relationship is there uh, and doesn't go away. Um, In my past, I'm guilty of this is that I think I have great chemistry and loyalty and all of these other things that I've talked about with the person, why they would be chosen family, but I've gotten complacent over time and I've kind of lost those people in the process what has your experience been around making sure you invest in those relationships? And how do you do that to, to make sure that, you know, it's a chosen family who's not blood is a friend you are investing in with, with the purpose and the intention and the intensity that would maintain it as a family status? What comes to mind right away is I think a defining moment in one of my friendships was a friend I had had since I was 20 and I was about, oh boy, I must've been about 28 or 29 at the time. And my career had just started and I was, you know, you know, how it is where you're busy all the time and you're busy after work and, you know, I guess the glorification of busyness. And so we would, you know, oh, we were supposed to have lunch together, put things off. And then when I saw her, she was very, you know, very kind, but also very diplomatic. And she said, you need to put more in. She goes, you need to put more into this friendship. You know, she's like, I want more quality relationships in my life. Cause at that time, like she was like her, you know, her life was evolving and she's like, I don't want to, you know, just be an afterthought for you or just, Oh, fit me in where you can. Like if this relationship is not a priority for you, Mm -hmm. then let me know. 
because I want a richer relationship. And I've never in my life been called out on that before. I always thought I was a good friend and I am a good friend, but it wasn't what she needed. And I'll be honest with you, that was, again, 15, almost 15 years ago. And she is one of the, like, she is in my, definitely in my top five of people on this planet. Mm. And she's been, but she was the one who kind of put, put forth that not, it wasn't an ultimatum. It was just an honest question, right. Of what are you willing to put into this? Like, do you want this? And if so, then show it. Right. And so Mm. I think that was the call of she needed more and she asked for it. And if I couldn't give her, that's fine. But she wanted deeper connections. And so ever since then, that inspired me when I go into different relationships to, to kind of take note of the substance. Right. Are these serving me now or am I doing this for another reason? All right. What about you, Karim? You take me back emotionally to a, to a moment when I was taking my mom to Jamaat Khanat, which is our mosque. And I was walking her there. And my mom and my dad and I had an extremely special relationship and I, I will never get over their passing. But the conversation I remember is the conversation that she and I had while we were walking and she wanted a little bit more time from me. Meaning, I think she was feeling that she was not spending enough time with me. Mm-hmm. That hurt like a knife, right? Meaning we always think we're being the best possible selves we are to people who deeply care about. And who would I not care about more than my mom and dad? Of course. And it, it made me rethink that two things. One is we may have our idea of who our reconstructed family is, but if my own mother is telling me that she feels like there's something lacking, because of my lack of time, that just has to have me completely sort of <laughs> reorganize my head. Yeah. <laughs> Who do I want to be and where do I want to spend my time? Right. And then, and, and that's the whole idea of the difference between chosen and reconstructing, because in reconstruction, you actually actively recognize some of those things and build them. I said there were two points. The second one is it it, it does require an investment. And by investment, I don't mean chatting on a patio, right? I mean, investment is not about just inviting them to your parties. Investment is about actually talking to each other, recognizing each other as human beings and not as your LinkedIn profile. Uh, as as human beings, because that's the common denominator we have. And I know know it sounds a little trite, but it's absolutely true, right? Because if we connect at a human level and connecting at a human level does take time, it takes an investment. And I will tell you that on my side, I am absolutely fine uh, making that investment uh, for people in my life. If I haven't heard from them, I reach out. Every day on Facebook, I leave a greeting, a happy birthday greeting. It's a part of my ritual to anyone who's on my Facebook friend list, however close or not close I am to them. But if I have you in my life on Facebook, I'm going to drop you a happy birthday note. Because if I don't have time to do that once in a year, then God forgive me, right? 
And so, I mean, it all takes time. I, I just want to mention and, and like the two examples that you both shared, right? And, and in some ways, in those particular scenarios, you both were lucky because the other person voiced their concern. So you were able to address it. And sometimes you don't get that luxury, right? So a lot of people just drift away because if you're not giving any attention, they don't feel yeah. it's worth complaining. Or even if they do, they mention it at a point when the ship has sailed. So it's 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 a mental note for myself to be like, let's not be complacent to the point where someone has to complain about it because chances are sometimes that's too late. Chances are sometimes that's not going to happen and you've already lost that person. Great point. Great point. And that speaks to the power of listening and being aware mm-hmm. uh, of people around you and the relationship you have established and not taking one of them for granted. Right. And it is a bit of a chicken in the egg, though, as well, Karim, right? It is. It is. Because to listen, you have to be there, right? So it, it basically yeah. is even if you will have to be a good listener, give them the time. Yeah. So on this idea of um, reconstructing your family, I I just kind of wanted to throw out a thought out there, right? Meaning in my life, there are people who, after I returned to Canada uh, back in 2013, I was (laughs) reconstructing my life, forget, you know, my people around me and my own life. And I found that I needed everything from a banker to uh, a hair salon to a travel agent to you know many many other things that I would need and what I have found in the last seven or eight years that investing in each one of these relationships may it be with the person who sold me the real estate actually he and his partner and I are extremely good friends now and that has lent a lot of benefit because the, my home where I'm sitting in from right now was actually a favor when this person asked me for lunch and I stumbled into this unit, which is a gem. So there is so much benefit just to not treating people like quote unquote suppliers, but treating people like they are in your own human world. And those relationships go very far. I have so many examples. I'm telling you as a single person, you know, typically when there are two, one is sort of like a, they can fix things in the house. And I definitely would not be that. I, you know, if I change a light bulb, I'm, I'm like so proud of myself. And so, <laughs> and so, so, so having, having that whole ecosystem around me of people I can count on to call if I need some plumbing, some this, that, they're all friends. And I've, I've actually made them like my family. Even my cleaner, you know, treats me like her older brother. She loves to call me her father. And so, you know, she and I, So, my, my only point is there are opportunities out there everywhere we look. Uh, and e- even on the finance thing, you know, it's so important to have someone to bounce your investment ideas with because typically two people would sort it out. But being alone, you just need a really trusted advisor. And the same thing goes with my dentist and her staff, who I adore, and they adore me, I hope. And, uh, and so it's so important just to surround yourself with people 
who are essential to your day-to-day life. And I'm not suggesting they're a chosen family, restructured family, anything. But this is one of those when we talk about osmosis, you know, there are some things that come in <laughs> at a given time and there are some things that go, that go out. And, but I, I think just being very intentional about all the relationships you have in your life, all the transactions we have in our lives, we can turn into transformations. And that's been very evident to me. And the last example I'll give you is my hair salon. They just, I, like, I mean, uh, we just gossip when I go there, you know, with all the hairdressers. It's so much fun. Yeah. And, and guess what? I mean, it, it, it's just great because that way your life is, wherever you go, you land. You actually land. You're not just another number, right? And so I hope that makes sense. It, it does, and it it's... It's so simple when you lay it out like that, because, you know, we just don't need a family. We need a community, right? And it's important that we have some deep roots in that community to, to feel good. Otherwise, you can have five people, if you, but if you step out in a city of a million people, you can feel like a stranger. And I think the steps that you're doing very intentionally help you navigate that. Yeah, thank you, Ahmed. The, the final point I'll make is, now in this, and it's very obvious. Again, nothing I've said to you is 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 not obvious. It's just kind of bringing it to a to something that can resonate in a whole package called being single and happy, right? Mm-hmm. But I, but one thing I've noticed, and this is not right or wrong, but some people are just fine being with a particular group of people, and that is fantastic because it works for them. I have chosen a slightly different social model for myself. I have chosen a social model, which I call redundancy, meaning I am not reliant on just a handful of people. I am actually actively making sure that I keep in touch with groups of different circles of people. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, I'll have that many Facebook posts. And in fact, these days I rarely post, but the beauty of just having these different circles of friends is because they will give you different experiences. They will validate you and critique you in a very different way. And with certain circles, you can talk about certain things. And with other circles, you talk about different things. And I'm not suggesting that we talk about deep psychological therapy with one and Netflix with another. No, there will be different experiences that bring us together, which are all profound but I'm a true believer in maintaining different circles of friends. And I think both of you are the same as well. Well, I think of the analogy of, you know, we all plant seeds everywhere we go. Like when there's, you know, when you talk about different relationships or what have you, and it's watering the seeds that you want to see grow. Right. And so even if that means, I guess, you know, it's different for everybody, but yeah, there's definitely, so, you know, we all only have 24 hours in a day. We have, we need to work, sleep, eat, listen to show tunes. You know, those are the things we have to do every single day, but watering seeds. So relationships do have that potential to get stronger every day. That's, that's what I take from what you're saying. Yeah. It, it, it's so beautiful. And I, and I think um, hopefully our listeners got a lot out of this 
you know, some ideas, as Karim said, are obvious. Our intention here really was um, let's just more popularize these ideas, right? And just highlight of how there's no one formula for one person. There's so many different things that 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 work for different people and for different reasons. At this point, what we want to do, and we promise you that going into our episodes, we will have guests as well. Uh, we wanted to bring in a person who's very close to Karim, um, just to give a bit of a flavor of what that bond is and what is that bond from an other, the other person's perspective. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it, it will really be a fly on the wall observing two people's beautiful bond as they talk about each other and how they fit. I think we go to our guest, uh, but I'll pass that over to Karim to introduce our guest. Well, thanks, Ahmed. Well, today is a very exciting guest that we have. And uh, our guest name is uh, Zamil. And Zamil is incredibly special to me because he is the son. He's a son and a daughter. He's a child of, of my uh, oldest sister now. And I'm extremely close to that family. Uh, the sister, the mother, to Zamil, uh, their extended families. And Zamil came out about maybe 32 years ago. And since then has been a, in, a, in a phenomenal relationship uh, for about 30 years. And through those times, Zamil has actually navigated both the biological family and the family that he has chosen for himself, the redefinition, redefining his family. So it's such a perfect intersection. And Zamil, you have no idea how happy I am uh, that you are able to join us today. It gives me so much pleasure. And uh, so with that, welcome, Zamel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Zamel, so excited that you can join. So thank you again. Before we jump into some of our questions, just want to ask, what, what led to you to say yes and agree to meet, meeting with us crazy bunch here? It's a no-brainer for me. It's uh, Karim is doing this podcast. I'm actually thrilled to be part of it absolutely thrilled to be part of it. Um, and the fact that he respected me enough in my opinions and, and wanted to talk to me is special to me as well, right? We've been, like Karim said, such a great relationship over the years. Uh, since we were young, we, we, back in Nairobi, we shared a room together. You know, he was in high school. I was, I was still in, in preschool. And, you know, since then, our lives have just intersected in many ways. And then, you know, coming out and he was one of the first people that I that I told and you know he's just so special to me I respect him tremendously uh, as an uncle as a person right not just it's not just a biological and I think this is part of our conversation today mm-hmm. as well right it's it's as you grow and and learn and and connect with people you you meet them as individuals they're they're just the same as you uh, mm-hmm. and I respect him as a person and uh, you know, if he wanted me here, of course, I, I was just thrilled. I was just thrilled to be here, um, that, that he would have that respect for me and, and uh, help me be a part of it. That's touching. No, it's a no, like if a friend asks you to do something, it's like, you know, it, it, you, would, you would tend to say yes. And, and I think Karim is a friend and an uncle to me, right? It's, it's both of those things. Uh, and, and so uh, how can you say no to that? Right. You can't. <laughs> well, thank you, Zemel. That was very touching. And one of the things that really jumped at me as you were talking, you mentioned that, you know, Karim as an uncle, Karim as a friend, 
Karim is a person that you respect. And, and you said that you had a relationship, you know, when you started with you being in preschools, Karim being in high school. What is the evolution like to get to the point where you are with these multiple attributes and relationships that you have with Karim? And, you know, because it sounds really special. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think so the uncle part is, uh, you know, starts really young, um, even though uh, we're relatively not far apart in age, you know, it, there was this, always this respect of an uncle that that was instilled in me from my mother, right? Karim Mama is what I used to call him. Mama is the word for uncle, mother's brother, right? So growing up, he was my, my uncle. Um, and that has not changed, right? That stays, that, that doesn't change. So he's still my uncle and he was my uncle. I think uh, when I talk about Karim as a friend, that developed... Uh, I think more so in my adult years, right? Through, uh, you know, post-university, even at university, we would still, even before I came out, we were close. Uh, we would meet for dinners. We would talk about things. So it, it became, it grew from a relationship of uncle-nephew to uh, two adults, right? Talking to each other. He genuinely wanted to know what I was doing, how I was doing at school, you know, I remember when he was going through the interviewing process at Procter and Gamble, uh, and he was, you know, I, we helped him do his letters, and we were in that journey together. Uh, and I think those kinds of experiences lead to kind of the friendship, right? That that's the beginning of a friendship. It wasn't like, oh, you're my nephew, and just type up this letter. It, it was more so, how does it sound? There was that uh, awakening in me that, oh, he's treating me like an equal more so than than a nephew and that that evolution i think started at about the time uh when i was uh started university or in university you know when, when i talk about him as a person uh you just step back and you think he's accomplished so much through the years right a lot of the volunteer work that he's done um and i'll, I'll mention one thing that really resonates right graham was in india for a few years and he came back to toronto and he had this idea of uh, doing a, a gay men's conference here in, in Toronto. And I have to say that when that started, I thought it was like an idea that was like so far out. Mm -hmm. And it just started this whole connection and network of South Asians across North America. And so many of those friendships continue and continue today. And they've evolved and grown. And that's just kind of one of the things, right? There, were, mm -hmm. there are just so many other types of things like that. So I have, I think that respect as a person is, is wonderful. He's been successful in his career. He's done so many things in the volunteer community that, you know, that command the respect or that you can't help but respect, I should say, right? Not command the respect. Um, so, you know, all of those things come into play. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, he's still very mama to me, right? He's right. not, he's not uh, somebody else that's uh, to be put on a pedestal or something. I, I know him, he respects me, I respect him. Um, so that's, that, that's how I would define it. So interesting how I'm listening to your stories, Emil, and it's like, we think, you know, you think, you know, your friends, and then you find out new information. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about that conference. That's awesome. Right. And I'm glad there as well, because, you know, Karim is not someone who tell, tends to tell his story that much. Um, so having you here, who's known uh, Karim through years and decades, it's, it's yeah. kind of cool to hear from, hear from you. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So given today's top example, um, do you have principles around who you will allow into your circle? I was thinking about that and I don't know that I consciously uh, think about who I allow into the circle. I think it's about resonating. When I, when I think of whatever my, whatever you want to call it, uh, my chosen family, my, uh, my redefined family, I, I see it as a support structure and, you know, how, how do I get along with people? Um, you know, do we, do we get along in conversation? Does that go, do they respect me? You know, is there some reciprocation in that? Do they have an interest in what I do? Right. It's those kinds of things, uh, that I think resonate. And then it grows from that point onwards. Right. Now, having said that, I think you find different things from different people, right? There's people at work that are part of my I'll say support structure. You could say they're part of my family because it's a part of my life. Can't be fulfilled from from my uh, social network, right? Um, because they're not as intimate with that part of my of my life, like work. It's about uh, respect and the continuity of of that, right? It, it's not just a fleeting moment at a party or at some function that you meet. But I'll I'll, I'll share with you some on, another aspect. I think. I'm fortunate. I come from a large family and I've got many cousins. I've got aunts and uncles, uh, you know, uh, cousins on my dad's side, cousins on my mom's side. So I've been fortunate that in my structure or my, my family, I, I have a lot to choose from, from my biological family in that. And, and, and I do have a lot of friends that are part, what I would consider part of my chosen family from that, right? Now, recently I bumped into my cousin's son, just by chance, he's in Toronto, he moved here from England. And, and uh, we, we actually finally, after, I don't know, five to 10 years, uh, met for dinner on a more personal level. Now, he's, he's about 35, so quite a bit younger than me. And I met him with his wife and his sister. And that was a start of, like, he's never been part of my, like, yeah, he's part of the biological family, but he's moving close by. Um, it, it was a really good evening. Uh, he, you know, all him, his wife, his sister, they all asked about Sherdil and I and how we met. They were very interested, which is something I didn't expect. Right. Cause you think we're so, uh, far apart, you know, I, I know his dad and then he's just, he's, he's not met me really, except at weddings and, and things like that. So that's a start of something, uh, that I could see. Uh, that him becoming part of my um, part of my you know family or this redefined family is is close by you know there's a genuine interest there's a lot of warmth we see if that continues right so I think uh, Michelle back to your question I don't know that I consciously think that but when when asked that question I think it 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 it's constantly being redefined uh, you meet new people and you learn from them. Absolutely. And, and I love what you said about, you know, your nephew moving over because it's, it's uh, in some ways, that's the beauty of adult relationships as well, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. you don't need to have all that background, which is amazing in your case, because you get that from your family as well. And they know where you come from. And it's common stories and experiences. And he is a part of that as well. But at the same time, it's, if you're connecting on some 
if there's magic in that relationship yes. and what you need yeah. as an adult, it's there, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. You can respect that and you can respect the differences inside as well. One of the things that I like that you said, Zamel, is the subconscious aspect, right? Because it's sometimes not a conscious choice. It's more, it's something you feel, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a language per se. So yeah, yeah that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, it's true. It, it, it's how you feel. And it's a, it's a point in time thing as well, right? Uh, where if I would have met him 10 years ago, maybe it wouldn't have happened. It's also where you are in life and where, where that other person is in life. And also on the subconscious, right? Like, Zamil, you mentioned work people being your family or friends as well. And it's so true. Like, we fight it all the time to say, well, these are work people. These are not friends or family. But at the same time, you're spending a big part of your life at work where you have highs and lows, joys and failures, all of those things, very much like your personal life, right? So it's important to treat that holistically there as well. Maybe asking you uh, a question further to that as a person who's not single, because obviously we're concentrating a lot of a conversation on that, but you've been in a relationship for so long and it sounds like, you know, you have given thought or it has happened in your life where you had to redefine family in some aspects or not. How important is that in your experience in terms of redefining your family, even if you're committed, um, and some of the advice on how to go about it to do it healthy? Uh, I, I don't go and say, we're going to redefine family. Right. Um, I think the complexity, perhaps in, in a relationship versus when you're single, is you, you have to connect with that person as a couple, sometimes if you're meeting them uh, together for the first time, you might have differences in opinion. But at the same time, uh, you can respect that. And one person can have uh, a, a relationship independently uh, of, of, the, uh, of the relationship as a couple. So, you know, uh, again, bringing it, bringing it back to a personal note and maybe to, to Karim even, uh, with my partner and I, I think Sh- uh, Shirdal has a different relationship with Karim mm-hmm. and a different relationship with Shirdal and I together. And Karim and I have a different relationship. And so when you talk about navigating that, I think it's just understanding that there is a respect of the difference in, in, that, in those relationships and that it doesn't have to be equal. Um, all, all, all those three relationships don't have to be equal. They can be at different levels. Um, obviously, I've known Karim for so long, it's going to be a different relationship. I have friends from university who have become very good friends of ours as, as a couple, but I still have a special relationship with that person that I knew before I met Cherdil. That That experience does not go away, but we also have a really strong relationship as, as a couple, right, with, with that person and, and, and their partner. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, Ahmed, uh, but I, I think there has to be this resonance. Now, if, if, if my partner did not like somebody at all, uh, that, that's a little bit harder to navigate, right? And uh, vice versa. If, if he kind of resonated with someone and I didn't like that person at all, I, I think that's a little bit harder to navigate. Uh, but you, you kind of find the balance. When you fast forward, we're, we've been in a relationship for 30 years. And so most of the time now, we, we kind of figure out, like, it, it, again, it's subconscious. You kind of know whether to take it forward 
as a couple or independently and, 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 you know, kind of build that relationship uh, on your own versus, uh, versus as a couple. That's, that's beautiful. And, and, and thanks for sharing your experience. I, I think that's the best way you can share and, and, and uh, with, with us and the audience or the listeners here as well. And it's, I have an interesting observation. I feel like we, we, we answered this question, Zamil, before you joined the podcast as well, among the three of us as well. For Karim, it was his three C's that came up. Um, and, and for me, I started using the word loyalty a lot. And I think Michelle was all about connection as well. And you use the word respect a lot. So it, yeah. it is interesting to see what comes out when we talk about this. A lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Loyalty. That's, that's interesting. Actually, you know, with loyalty, uh, it was one of the thoughts that I had in building a family mm-hmm. is longevity in relationships plays a big factor as well uh, right. as to who is in, as part of your uh, support structure, right? Because um, Karim and I go way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my friends from university, we go way back, right? It, 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 it plays a factor in this. And, and there is an element of loyalty or, you know, and I, I guess I call it respect, you call it loyalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same common denominator yeah, underneath it yeah. all, all of those words, isn't it? Right? Yeah. That's awesome. So having this conversation with us here, Zamel, today, mm-hmm. is there anything that you want to share on top of that that you'd like to share with us and the listeners about redefining family? I, I don't know if it's something else, but I, I'll, I'll just give, give a, a couple of perspectives maybe. So I, I think there's many elements. I, I think when you redefine a family or when you think of that notion of family, you have to accept that it's constantly changing. Somebody that I may have been close to many years ago, they may have a change in their life. I, it's happened, right? Uh, very close to people. You know, I came out after university. I had many straight friends at that time. Uh, when you're younger, you know, they get married and they, they go maybe in a slightly different path. Um, I came out and I went on a slightly different path. And sure, there's some friends that I have that, that you know, we've, we've stayed through. But then other friends, you know, while I was in university, they were a big part of my support structure. Now we're like in, in independent ways. Now, it doesn't mean that we at some point later that we may not connect uh, and pick up where we left off. Uh, but, but I think there is this notion of uh, kind of changing and adapting to that change, right? E- even even now with, with some of my friends, and when they, they're single and they get into a relationship, that relationship may change and may get redefined. They're still, you know, they're still part of your family, but maybe the support is not there as much because they're they're focused on something else now and their interests might change. Um, my, you know, we all grow as well. So our interests, I think interests might might change. Um, and, and, and I may pick up a new hobby or something and, and meet other people right, through that way. So, I, you know, it, it, I think there is that notion of, of families changing. And we have, to, we have to keep that in mind. I, I think when you meet somebody, um, I think you guys probably met Karim, uh, you know, after he had finished his chapter of work at Procter & Gamble. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I knew him way before then. So you, you knew him as this other person uh, and you weren't part of that journey uh, earlier, but yet you're part of his family now. Right? right. And you don't have that full history. Like Michelle, you said, you found out some stuff about him today that you, you still didn't know. Right. It, it's a point in time thing as well. It's where you are in your life, where that other person is in their life. 
But there's one one other point that I was thinking of, and I don't know how it actually fits in. There is also the notion of people that might not be there actively in your life today, um, but they're still part of your family and in your heart from many years ago. And mm-hmm. and the example I'll give is when 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 I was young, I lived, you know, my dad, uh, well, for whatever reason, for a period of time, I stayed with my aunt and uncle in England um, for about six months, a year. And that part uh, was really special to me. It was an amazing part, an amazing experience in my life as a kid. I remember it, even though it was a very short time. Um, and then, you know, that was in the early 70s. Then there was really no contact, right, with, with my aunt. Uh, as a kid, uh, you know, in those days, it's handwritten letters or whatever. There's really no contact. But, but there is that person in my life who is a sense of support. And now, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years later, when, when I meet her, it's it's amazing that we can just pick up pick up uh, there's a lot of love there so when we're thinking about family it's not just the active people i think in your life it's also the people that have played a special part in your life as as you've grown up right so i i think maybe there is there's a an aspect there that i that i can think of now it works the other way too there are other ways, other, uh, other families, other times that I've stayed with other people and it hasn't worked out. And so you, you then tend to recognize what the, what the positive moments were and what, what the not so positive moments were, right? But I think that reflection comes later in life. Extremely profound, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, the second one about the people who are not necessarily in a daily life and just recognizing that they're a part of your journey and a part of how you are constituted. I think that's very profound. The other point about it's we are constantly redefining meaning it's a journey it's not a process it's not an event it's not it's not like every new year's eve we say okay now this one goes out and this one comes in and it's it's not like a reality club here right i mean this is this is actually not reality club it's reality and reality just changes every day right Uh, but the reason i think that's profound is not only just because of the notion that this is a constant evolution it's a constant evolution Mm -hmm. every minute uh, life evolves it's a constant evolution but also to speak to the people who think that they're kind of, how to say this, you know, sometimes just very, quote unquote, they just, they are, and they're not willing to be permeable uh, and, and they're set in their networks. And, and that's a perfectly fine life model. It's just a life model that has not worked necessarily for me. You know, I, I like to continually think that we are changing, we're absorbing, you know, inner circle, outer circle, osmosis, things flow through, things come in, because that's how life is, right? So thank you very much for sharing both perspectives. Oh, oh my pleasure. Yeah. And, and Zamel, I, I especially want to thank you for your openness. It was, it was a conversation that you shared from your insights and your experiences. And I think in the process, you also wrote some love letters to people um, who you talked about. <laughs> And you started to write some love letters as well to prospective people. So appreciate you sharing that. And, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Zamel, for joining us today. This has been awesome. And first of all, thank you to my co-host, Ahmed. Karim, thank you again for opening your life and inviting your family to join us today, which is fantastic. And 
I find myself saying at the end of episodes that you've given me a lot to think about. And same thing, all of you have given me a lot to think about. And I'm curious as to what the listeners have to say. Any, you know, what are your thoughts on this episode on redefining family? Get in touch on Instagram at being single and happy. And we would love to hear from you. You have been listening to Being Single and Happy with Karim Ladakh. You can follow us on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. Until then, may you be happy.